What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell, and I'm the Women's Ministry Director at New Vision's Buchanan Campus, and I am so excited to be diving into the study of the book of Acts with you. Um, We just began yesterday with chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and today we're going to continue in verses 12 through 26, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, and it says this, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers." In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about a hundred and twenty and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Akadama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office." So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Wow. Well, this is, again, the very beginning of the book of Acts and the account of the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles in the early church. Um, You know, Luke, we believe to be the author of this book, and he was providing a narrative of what Jesus accomplished through the early church. And yesterday, in yesterday's text, we see this transition from what was Jesus' physical earthly ministry on this earth, which culminated in his ascension, to now we're moving into the ministry of the apostles and the early converts, which Luke tells us was about 120 people at this point. And it's so interesting to me here how um, they were, of course, devoting themselves to prayer how important they who had walked with Jesus and had seen demonstrated over and over and over his commitment to prayer were living that out themselves and in one accord. I just think that's precious um, and so, so important and so encouraging to us as well.
But then we have this very interesting look at what feels like kind of an administrative or organizational work that's happening here um, within the structure that Jesus himself appointed. He very specifically chose and appointed these disciples, the 12, the initial 12. It was not a mistake. It was not just whoever happened to be um, in his path on that particular day. They were ordained to be um, what Jesus intended for them to be. And so he he very specifically chose them. But we know the outcome of Judas, how Judas betrayed him. And it says, um, you know, that this was actually a fulfillment of prophecy that even David had um, basically prophesied of this. And it was written about in the book of Psalms that may as can't be desolate, let no one dwell in it, let another take his office. And that's exactly where they find themselves. Jesus has just ascended. They're, they're devoting themselves to prayer. And as part of that process, they realize that they need to replace Judas, that this position has been vacated. They need to replace him. And so it's kind of interesting that we get to see this kind of behind the curtain look at these organizational and, and administrative tasks. Why? Well, I think maybe an encouragement to us can be that, you know, sometimes ministry has those components. It does. Um, there are nece- necessary and important administrative and organizational activities that have to take part, take place to support what God is doing um, in a place and in the body of Christ. And so um, maybe it's maybe they're showing us this as just an encouragement that that these things do need to happen. Um, and so we kind of get that sneak peek of about what was going on there. I think there's also a secondary takeaway here that it's a warning. It's a, it's a stark and sobering warning to us that even someone who can be Um, by all outward appearances, walking and serving and living in the light of Jesus. I mean, this Judas literally walked the same earth at the same time, shared food from the same bowl, all of these things. And yet he turned away. He chose disbelief over belief and he chose um, greed over the provision of God. And so like how tragic and what a warning to us that even in ministry and maybe especially in ministry, we have to be so on guard um, and so um, armored up in the armor of God to be serving from a place of of um, authenticity and to be aware that there can be in your midst those who are not um, on the same page. And so I think there's a warning embedded here as well. Yes, there's these this administrative activity that has to take place, but I think it's also both a warning and an encouragement that if this can happen when Jesus himself is is leading this group, um, then certainly it, it will continue to happen. That is, that is the nature of human responsibility and, and human choice um, is that that can happen. So um, I think there's, you know, just a couple of different applications there, but we see such a dramatic and such a sad end to the story of Judas, one who was able to be directly in the teaching of Jesus. And yet it says, you know, we know that he betrayed Jesus for the 30 pieces of silver. And it says with that silver, he bought a field. And then ultimately he died in that field. And many scholars and and, um, theologians believe that he was actually committing suicide through hanging and then fell as part of that process headlong, um, burst open. And and that is, as a scripture graphically tells us, his bowels gushed out. And, you know, again, it's important because this is both a fulfillment of prophecy, but as well, it's just a very stark warning um, and encouragement to us to be faithful, to be so faithful um, 
And then, but it is interesting here how um, they, in this administrative sneak peek, we get to see what happened here. Apparently, the criteria that the apostles were working from was that this, whoever was going to take Judas's place, it was important to them. And again, remember, they've just been devoting themselves to prayer. Um, this They are... Um, just just past the ascension of Jesus. And so um, they know that this replacement needs to take place. We can assume that the Spirit is guiding them to that. Um, but they have these criteria that one of, that whoever they choose to replace Judas should be one who had been accompanying them since the beginning from the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us. So that really limited the playing field there as far as um, who was available because they needed to be there from the baptism of John until the ascension. Um, and so two were put forward, Joseph and Matthias. And through the use of lots, which was a common practice in that time, um, the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered, it says, with the 11 apostles. Now, some scholars um, have debated, and they still do, um, why Paul wasn't chosen. that Because we'd never really hear a whole lot about Matthias after this. What we can um, know from just um, history itself, like ancient church records and things of that nature. Um, Matthias was eventually, um, died as a martyr. So we know, of course, that he was, we, we can ascertain from that, that he was faithful and, and did his part. But at least within scripture, we don't actually see a lot about Matthias after this point, but we hear so much about Paul. We have all of Paul's letters. And so some have said, well, why wouldn't they have chosen Paul? But it does look like in these verses that we can see that it was important that whoever was selected in this particular um, event was someone who'd been there from the beginning of the baptism until the day he was taken up. Um, and Paul would have not met that criteria. Not super sure why that's important or worthy of debate, to be quite honest. It is what it is in my mind, but just something to note that that has been discussed. Um, but I do think that um, regardless, we do see here this opportunity that um, those who are called to ministry are appointed. And it's interesting because John MacArthur has a, a quote where he talks about the fact that Christian service isn't a matter of recruitment. It's a matter of divine appointment. How shall they preach except they be sent, Paul says, and who does the sending? God does. And so we can trust that in that's still true in this account. You know, the Lord um, certainly is sovereign among all things. And so um, it's it's no mistake that Matthias was chosen. So um, maybe on the other side of glory, we'll have more information. But it is, um, but it's clear that that's that's what happened, and that that was preparing them for what's coming next. These exciting next chapters about the birth of the church. One more quote, one more thought that I thought was really fascinating. Um, Mark Adams says that Acts is the only unfinished book. And I don't again believe that the Lord left anything unfinished as it relates to Scripture, but. I do like the idea that, that that his thought behind that is that the acts of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit at work in the apostles and in the early church, those acts are continuing. The work of the church continues even now. So I do think that's an interesting um, thought and an encouragement to me that we too are part of the acts of the church and um, what we're doing for the Lord and for his kingdom is is. Um, is also part of that great, great work. So um, lots of kind of different angles here today, but what I would just like to encourage um, each of us as a takeaway is that they were devoting themselves to prayer. 
they were close to the heart of God and, and he revealed what he wanted to do. He allowed this preparation to take place. And so maybe you're in a season or in a um, position where it feels really administrative right now. You're not sure how this is really all that exciting or, or um, helpful to the kingdom. But the reality is um, it's so important this this made it into scripture. These these details and accounts were important, and it helps us see that there is a structure that's needed. There is planning and preparation that's needed. And man, these next few chapters are going to be fantastic. We're going to see that play out. But th- this was necessary to prepare them for that. And so, if you're in that season of of sowing um, the seeds rather than maybe seeing them um, brought to fruit, I would just encourage you to to stay the course, to stay faithful, and and God who is faithful will reveal his faithfulness in the coming days. And so, and then second, of course, just that warning, just for us to be alert and on guard, um, to stay super close to the heart of God and to his kingdom purposes, not the kingdom of self. Um, because we see what happens when you have a kingdom of self in the, in the example of Judas, um, it ends in destruction and desolation. And, um, our God is a God of abundance and of provisions. So, um, he can be trusted. So I hope that that will encourage you today. Um, and as we continue this study of acts, um, together, so be blessed. Thank you for joining us today for the new vision podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.